Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, joining the ne'er-do-wells of House Slytherin, flying in on our broomsticks, casting incendio on our enemies, and keeping Zenobia Noakes gobstones, this is the Discerning Gamer <laughs> Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam, frantically adding the entire PlayStation Plus collection to his new PS5's <laughs> library before they are removed from the free list forever. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, thanks, Joe. you got to be quick, mate. May 9th is coming right at us, alarmingly it's, quickly. It is coming very, very fast. Also with us this week, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, standing outside the Los Angeles Convention Center with his E3 lanyard around his neck as tumbleweeds <laughs> spill out of the venue doors and janitors casually sweep the areas previously occupied by game developers. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Yeah, doomsday. I'll have my doomsday device there. I'm going to have a sign that says, poor E3. Wish I cared, and then I'm, and that's, and then I'm going to come home again and hope that I don't get shot. Yeah, well, <laughs> the ball's hardened. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, last but not least, the Nintendo Queen finally playing Hogwarts Legacy uh, this week yes. um, after discovering that she had pre-ordered the non-deluxe version and had to wait until the tenth to play. It's uh, Pistol Pete herself, uh, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thanks, Joel. It was the longest three days of my life. I tell you, I'll tell you that. Just knowing it, just knowing that people were playing it, but it's all right. We've managed to squeeze a few hours in, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. So good, so far. Well, I suppose uh, that uh, introduction leads us into our first uh, item of news for this week, and. With the release of the long-anticipated Hogwarts Legacy this week, and we'll have to uh, give it the, uh, of course, the, the, the jingle. required jingle, um, we saw records tumble as Hogwarts Legacy is officially the number one single-player game ever on Twitch with 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers at launch. Uh, mm. The launch has been mired in controversy, however, there have been allegations of streamers being bullied on Twitch for supporting and streaming the game, and despite the game scoring a re respectable 85 on Metacritic, and now bearing in mind much-beloved title The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation scored 88, so we're only talking about a three-point mm. difference here, mm. uh, and Hogwarts Legacy has a user rating of 9.2 out of 10 currently, a few outlets online have decided to tip a bucket on Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, <laughs> geez, fumbling for that button. Uh, they've decided to tip a bucket on uh, on Hogwarts Legacy uh, because of their feelings about J.K. Rowling. So, case in point uh, this week was the website Wired, who this week asked one of their reviewers, Jaina Gray, to review the game. Jaina opted to give Hogwarts Legacy a 1 out of 10. So Scathing. her review, in my opinion, reads more like a review of J.K. Rowling and her positions on trans people and not so much a review of the actual game itself. Uh, Jaina is, of course, entitled to her opinion of J.K. Rowling. However... I personally feel the one out of ten score is highly misleading. Mm. Uh, what what do you guys think? 
Shit, I, I don't think I've ever played a 1 out of 10 uh, game before. I don't even know if they exist. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not 100% sure with the was it Wired's rating system, but I'm assuming that 1 out of 10, it's 1 out of 10 would be a horrifically bad game. But, um, yeah, we've all been playing this. This is not a 1 out of 10 game. Uh, far from it. Um, so. No. And the general consensus out there seems to be that uh, the people who are playing it and are reviewing it objectively are scoring it, you know, Very well. in the if we're scoring it out of a hundred, they're giving it mid mm. to high eighties, roughly. Mm. Uh, what about yourself, Steely? Look, um, this uh, this really aggravated me this week. Uh, look, um, oh, I'm going to try and compose myself to talk about this. I think that. Um, a few things. Now, look, I'm not a video games journalist. So um, at the end of the day, I, I come on this show and I'll say stuff that's purely um, my opinion on things. It's not whether or not I'm I'm giving people a, a professional opinion on the quality of something or not. It's, it's all opinion-based stuff. None of us here are video game journalists. If a journalist, though, and get comes out into the wild... And it is their profession to, to to basically give us as the consumer a, I guess, a detailed opinion on a game and, and on the game itself, not on anything else. Um, and we trust them to do that, right? We trust uh, websites like IGN to do this. We trust Metacritic uh, with all of the different, um, you know, different professionals that are, displayed on Metacritic, we trust those reviews that come in all through that on, on any platform, even GameSpot and all these kinds of things. We we trust them to give us an honest opinion on the material that is in front of them that, I, that they have played and what their experience with it is. It, to me, um, it is incredibly unprofessional to get onto a website of this size Obviously, Wired is not a small website. Everybody knows Wired. To get up there yeah. and to basically just try and defame a game because of your opinions on one person. Okay. We've already talked about this, but at the end of the day, think about all of those people that have actually put love into this game. For then this person to come out and say that it, there is, it is lacking love, it is lacking something that is true to the identity of Hogwarts and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, true to the identity of Hogwarts is J.K. Rowling. So who are you for and against here? Now, in my mind, um, if I was the person that was at the top at Wired, why would I allow this to be published? Because at the end of the day... I have no faith that I could go to Wired for a professional opinion on some kind of material now, purely based off the fact that that would allow something like this to be published. It really angered me because I think that us as the consumer rely on this day to day. We all look at reviews. Um, I mean, not just reviews in games, but for TV, for where we go to eat, for goodness sake. Like it's a big part of what, I guess modern culture is, and um, basically, I, I don't trust this website anymore. I think it is the most unprofessional thing I've seen in a very long time since Philip Mewson just stealing people's reviews. Like that's even that's bad, but this is just like, you know, where's the Donald Trump soundbite where it says it's all fake news <laughs> and all that kind of stuff? It really does my head in. Oh, you want Donald Trump? <laughs> uh, yeah, Put him we'll, up. All right, yeah, we can get Donald Trump. I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the <laughs> Donald Trump soundbite Steely was angling for. Oh. Uh, yeah. That'll do. That'll do it, though. I don't know. Sure. We, we live in a world of, uh, you know, eyes on articles, of, and there's... Mm. It's all about just clickbait, some of this stuff. I mean, I didn't even read the article. I, You know, we shared it around internally, and I saw... if some I played the game. I know what it's about. And if someone... And I saw one out of ten... And I com- I dismissed it on that basis straight away that, you know, I got better things to be doing than waste my time reading something, you know, clickbait trash. So seems seems to yeah. me that yeah. someone at Wired's decided they've got an axe to grind with uh, J.K. Rowling, and so uh, that's been the the brief going into that review. Um, it would seem so. Mm. Anyway, um, look, I um, I was just I just want to say at the discerning gamer. 
Uh, we're going to give our opinions of Hogwarts Legacy as a game, uh, independent of J.K. Rowling and her opinions on anything at all. And our listeners can choose to either buy the game or not. You know, if you're happy to play it, it's a great game. If you're not happy to play it, then don't fucking play it. Mm. Simple as that, really. <laughs> um, there's no, there's no, uh, no point in beating around the bush here. Um, so on that note, let's let's crack into some first impressions of the game. So we'll we'll prefix this saying uh, no story spoilers um, at all. Uh, we're just going to purely talk about you know game mechanics and and the things that we like and don't like so far. So um, first of all, um, I was just going to say I really love the spell casting and combat in this mm-hmm. game. I think uh, Avalanche have really nailed that mechanic. Um, I suppose in one way it would be good to have more than four spells that you could call up uh, quickly during the heat of combat, but um, you're also sort of limited by what you can do on a a PlayStation or Xbox controller. So I think what they've got is probably a a good compromise position. Um, So the spells are not only used for combat, but for solving environmental puzzles such as, you know, using Repero to fix a bridge or Incendio to burn away a spider web and, you know, th- those sorts of things. Um, so I really like that. I really like that the spells aren't just combat-related, but they're also to do with solving the sort of environmental puzzles that you come up against around Hogwarts, of which there are so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just mm-hmm. seems to be secrets around every doorway, every stairwell. It's just... It's quite incredible, actually. I really can't believe uh, how much detail the, they've put into this. Um, I like being able to cast the spell combos on enemies. Um, it's just so satisfying, like using Accio to drag an enemy close to you and then follow it up with Incendio to burn them burn. because it's only a short-range spell, mm. so you need to bring them into close range before it will have an effect. And so when you queue those up together, um, it can be really satisfying and, and you know, give you a lot of um, lot of good sort of effects. And bear in mind, I haven't unlocked... I probably haven't even unlocked half of the available spells in the game at this point because it's still uh, fairly new on the uh, on the old PS5. So, um, But that, that's, that's another good point that I like about it. Um, probably on the negative side of, say, the main story is a little bit lacklustre and much like Horizon Forbidden West, none of the main characters have really sort of grabbed me in the way that titles such as God of War or The Last of Us have. Like, they haven't yet given me a good reason to be invested in any one of these characters and think, oh, you know, I really hope that that character survives to the end or, you know... It just doesn't feel like the stakes are super high at the moment. Mm. And if any one of these main characters got killed at this point, I really wouldn't give two shits. Um, <laughs> whereas in God of War, like when when Kratos is in danger or Atreus is in danger, you really feel that that tension and, and the emotion and all of that sort of thing. Um, did you guys have a similar experience? Are you sort of... Yeah, I mean, I'm about 10 hours in and I, I would tend to agree. I think the pacing seems very unusual in, in different spots, but I mean, and I don't know if it's if it's the end of the world, but I just wish they gave some context around why you are starting in year five. Like, just give me something. Like, you sort of get there and they're like, oh, you're the new guy and you're starting in year five. That's real weird. And it's like, yeah, that is weird. Like, what what am I doing here in year five as opposed <laughs> to year one? Like, Simon. I, I just give me something like, you know, maybe. They come, do they come from another wizarding school? I'm well, I don't know. I mean. Like, but... do they have any previous? Maybe maybe we'll find out. But still, well, I'm just like, maybe this person just come into this school and you. Yeah, like it. it I found that a bit odd. Like, you know, maybe you're from a muggle family and there was some kind of incident which put you on the radar of the school and that's why you're starting later. I get how in the actual game they need you to be older because if you're going to go down the, you know, the path of being the next Voldemort and you're killing people, you can't really do that when you're 11 years old. So you have to be, you know, of a certain age to do that. But I wish they sort of just acknowledged that. Just something. Just 
because the whole time I'm just sitting there in the early hours of the game thinking, yeah, this is a bit odd. I've obviously got this untapped ability, which is quite unique, but why am I just coming out of a rock at this point? So, yeah, I'm with you on that one, um, JB. I think I'm sort of intrigued to see where the story does, but it's definitely not the highlight in this game Mm. for me, for sure. What do you reckon, C-Mac and Simo? We, um... Yeah, uh, what what I'm finding really jarring for me is the the characters' stunted facial expressions, mm-hmm. and they're sort of I can just I don't know I've just got this actor brain in my head where I can just see them recording their lines just like different months, different days, and different areas of the world. Like, and no one's really interacting properly with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard. But then. You know, I turn after having a weird conversation with someone that didn't really make sense. I turn around and there's this amazing scene happening in a painting, all this really intricate detail of these books flying around and rearranging themselves. Like the amount of effort and love they've put into the world and into Hogwarts, it's just incredible. And I can almost forgive the really painful character <laughs> development of these people like Joel said like I don't give a crap about anyone to be honest and I just feel like the main character because we've chosen to be a witch you know she, she yeah it's like they've it's too varied with everyone being able to pick and choose your character and male or female and mm. you know different looks and all of that I just feel like they let it really down on the character development of the main character where I feel like yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a hard one. We're not very far into it, but I agree. I love the spell casting. I think that's really fun and really easy and intuitive with the controller. Like I'm finding it quite quite easy. Um, but yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's really cool to walk around and see such a beautiful world they've created. To be honest, I think a big part of the spectacle of this game is just existing in that world, you know, and having the chance to roam around in it and visit all these areas that otherwise we've only ever really seen come to life and the in films. And that give you um, a way to roam around, which is not sluggish. It's very quick. Mm. Like, you know, you can do the fast travel very early on with the yeah. blue powder, you know, and you can run quite fast around, you know. And I saw today you can roll as well. I'm like, what yeah, are we? Is this Zelda? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just think that's really fun because otherwise it would just be too draining and tired running down these sort of- yeah halls and you know it's just you can move very quickly in the world which i think helps but i think also um i second what casey said and what we've all kind of been touching on some of the characterization is is lacking um in a lot of ways i think it's very outdated but it comes with games like this that are extremely bloated with character creation features because they are trying so hard to to really um almost cater to too many people um and and i think that it kind of gets lost after a while if you do that so much i mean i find it jarring that so many people will introduce themselves to my character and then my character's just like yeah cool where's this and it's like you're not even going to tell them your name like well, you can't tell them you're your a name bitch because you made up your own name <laughs> i know that's <laughs> the thing it, it does my head in i would much rather that you know that they were somebody that was that somebody had come up with that existed in this world that perhaps you know was related to somebody important within the Harry Potter universe and that way I, I probably could have seen that, that that would have gone in a direction where you care about the characters more but also I mean yeah like I get the same vibes that I got what well, like I remember talking about this really early on in the life of the podcast about how in Horizon Zero Dawn when you're sitting there having conversations with people, there's not a lot of movement in the face. They kind of stand still and don't say much or do anything. And you can tell, just like Casey said, they're just they're in a booth or in a room, just kind of saying the lines, reading it, flipping it over. And I mean, I don't know they're if that's not sure me. Of the context. Yeah, it's maybe. Like, I feel like a little bit hyper aware of that because they showed us Simon Pegg doing exactly that, standing in a room, flipping over pages and just saying the lines. And it feels that way. Um, but having said that, I mean, that the world that they created, on the other hand, like Casey said, is remarkable. Like the detail that is in all the other areas of the game 
where there's books flying off the, you know, the shelf. I spent like 10 minutes just in the dorm room being yeah. like, why isn't there a ladder to go up to that top bunk bed? That's confusing. And then just like yeah. every single inch, like, <laughs> what's that book say? Like, you're just, you're but, like, you know, ghosts flying around through Hogwarts as well and just kind of me- meandering through the hallways and take, you know, almost making you go, oh, I wonder if I should go in that room or I wonder if I should go there. I, I find that really great and um it it's funny because all of the stuff that i don't like about it doesn't stop me from enjoying it which typically in a lot of games it would um but yeah so so great so great i think um you know studios like santa monica and naughty dog have obviously spent a lot of time and money not only getting the actors to record their lines but also doing mocap for all their facial expressions So you had mm. the actor who played uh, Atreus, uh, you had Christopher Judge, you had the actor or actress who played uh, Freya. They all wore mocap for all their lines and they, were, they weren't just speaking the lines, they were acting the role, they were acting out the part. And that comes through mm. in the game when you see the facial expressions of these people and it looks real, it looks realistic, it looks animated, you know. Um Similar, I just like, feel like they haven't given, yeah, they haven't given enough um, background to what these. So obviously, these actors gone to the booth and they've just given them a huge like bunch of lines and just say them. And I don't think there's a lot of background given. Like, oh, I think you're meant to be angry in this moment, or I think because it just, yes, yeah, sounds like they're just just sort of reading them out with a cold read kind of, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. really sound like they've said no. Well, in this line, because obviously there was so much, so much dialogue in this game mm. to the point where it's like, oh my god, stop talking. <laughs> So yeah, sorry yeah. I cut you off there. No, that's all right. Yeah, it, I just think I don't think any mocap's been done for Hogwarts Legacy, no, or at least no. doesn't look like it. They've just simply animated the face or the faces to the best of their ability on a computer, and that's that's what we get. And that's why it just, looks yeah. very stunted and not yeah. realistic, and, and all I, that. I think I've noticed that the mo like the cutscenes in this game, I thought were absolutely incredible. I think this game's done an amazing job of mm. making the cutscenes feel like you're watching a Harry Potter movie. And I found like the voice acting and some of the dialogue and stuff within those big moments was quite good. Mm. And I found within the main mm. storylines, it wasn't so bad. But when you're just having a chat to one of your classmates, the side mission stuff, it gets, yeah, very robotic. But I thought in those bigger... Um, you know, cutscene moments and sort of the, the key pieces of the story, your main quest, they wasn't as bad. But yeah, the day to day just going around seeing this person doing a fetch quest, some of that stuff is you're nearly robotic, especially out of everyone, I think the actual character I played is a wizard and he sounds robotic out of you know, everyone in the world, which is a <laughs> bit of a shame considering he's the main character. But mm. um Yeah, look, I think this is one of the most incredible games I've played as far as visually incredible games um, and the level of detail and the scope and size of the world of this game is insane like it is it is huge is an understatement mm. and just you go to like Hogsmeade and just the detail on every single shop I spent like the first couple of hours of the game just going in and out of every shop and just looking at everything yeah um, <laughs> that's what we're going to right now you literally yeah. cannot you cannot fault the people who've created yeah. this game for the environment the environment mm. and, and everything that they've created is amazing and I didn't realise just how big the open world is in this game because Hogwarts itself feels huge mm. And then you go to Hogsmeade and it takes you a bit of time to sort of get to yeah. Hogsmeade because you're going on foot. And then that feels pretty substantial sized. And then when you actually pull out on the map and, and have a look, that's like maybe one-sixth of the whole accessible mm. map in the world. Jeez. Like yeah. it, it is huge and it extends down like massively. And... You oh, know, I can't wait. there's I so much why of the it has area. To load for me to open a door to outside sometimes. Just a yeah, <laughs> those those little buffering moments are a bit annoying when you. Uh, I was I was going to say I actually like it. I I'm sick to death of like a black screen or something. I didn't mind just that little wheel on the door for maybe what half a second on the PS5. I was I actually thought that was a quite a good way to get your loading screens in there as opposed yeah, okay. to something noxious like you get a bit of a black screen and a. You know, a little quip down the bottom saying Hogwarts is founded in yada yada, and then you come back to life. Oh, I didn't actually Skyrim mind those, style. yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But <laughs> I know Simon and Casey wouldn't be up to it, but Joel and I am. Once you get to the the broomstick and the ability to fly and the mounts, 
the scope of the world at that point, you just get a different perspective and then the size of the world does start sinking in. Like once you get above sort of like on the ground and you start looking around and you're flying around, the, the world is huge. It's yeah. it's one of the biggest games I would have played for a long time. And just full credit to them, the amount of detail, it's it's a big world, yeah, but there's so many things to look at and you're constantly just stopping and looking at things. And um, some of the other stuff I really enjoyed is, I like. I really enjoy the combat as well. That was probably my biggest worry with this game. I thought, mm. if you're going to be doing this one-based combat, is this going to be fun or is it going to get really repetitive? And I, I reckon it's really, really good. It reminds me of um, the Batman games. So you basically, when you're in a, a duel or whatever, you're prompted with a color. And that basically tells you you got to dodge roll, you got to use this spell. And it's sort of like a mini quick time event. Mm. And then I think probably the most satisfaction is you build up your... I can't remember the name for it, but it's like your special bar essentially. And you use the R1, L1 bumper and you get to do these really cool finishing sort of moves on enemies. Super attacks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, which is, I just (laughs) thought that was super cool. And I found that on different enemies and in different locations, they sort of change to reflect where you are and who you're fighting. Yeah. I've I've found that too, actually. Like uh, uh, I was standing by the side of a lake and just uh, like a random bunch of bandits uh, attacked me. And I've used that special attack uh, on on one of them, and uh, my character's just sort of casted a shot, and it's fucking catapulted this dude into the air, and he's just fucking gone for kilometres, and yeah, like, yeah. just it's just fucking absolutely <laughs> sent him, and it, it was just satisfying. I was just sitting there chuckling to myself because it was, uh, yeah, it was just yes. really really fun. Um, like the other the other thing that I was going to say, like to me this game. Uh, is very reminiscent of uh, the Force Unleashed, which for me was one of the best sort of Star Wars games, and you had quite a variety of different Force powers that you could employ. Um, and this is almost like what Star Wars would be if it was all Force powers and no lightsaber. Mm. And you, but the variety of the different powers that you've got, and then the fact that each of them are upgradable as well, mm. and you know. So similar in Star Wars, you've got uh, like force pull where you can, you know, pull people towards you. Well, this one's got Accio, which does essentially the same thing. And at first you can only pull one person, but then when you upgrade it, you can pull like three people in at once and stuff like that. So um, I think that's really cool. Um, I unlocked Expelliarmus uh, the other day, which... Uh, for those of you uh, who would know, it's the disarming spell. So if you're mm-hmm. casting it on a wizard, it sends their wand flying. If you're casting it on like one of the guardians that mm-hmm. come at you with a big sword, it sends their sword flying out of their hand. Like it's um, it it's just really quite. It's just very fun to play. Mm. It's just absolutely real fun to play. And if it wasn't for these little bits and pieces that like to do with the character animations and the acting and the the way that the lines are spoken and everything, this would be a genuine contender for game of the year. Mm. I, I, I'm happy mm. to say that, but game of the year would have to have not had these issues with it. It would mm. have to have had them ironed out um, much like, you know, Elden Ring or God of War Ragnarok last year, you know, um, which were rightly deserving of all the, the awards that they got. Mm. Um so many familiar callbacks to the Harry Potter movies as well, such as the use mm. of the pensieves with the where you can sort of view other people's memories. Uh, like you said before, Casey, the paintings with the the animation you know, going on in it, where you might have a wizard you know cruising around doing something or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, so for me, it's just like, yep, Avalanche, you guys have done an amazing mm. job, and yeah, I can't mm. wait to keep forging on through it it's uh it's been a real ride so far absolutely oh, this is one of these games i'm going to spend a lot of time in i think a big part of this game and i've steered clear for the re- reviews for the best part because i just wanted to make my own mind up and revo- remove you know any kind of spoilers that might happen um what i've sort of read though is it's quite a short main campaign so but there's heaps of other stuff so that's where i'm sort of interested to spend a lot of time now um just going off to the side one thing that i love about this game is the puzzles and the variety they've got some really cool sort of mechanics and systems with challenges and collections and 
for anyone that's like really big on, you know, finding everything, collecting everything, doing everything, there's going to be hundred. There's going to be at least a hundred hours to knock this thing over. But having said that, the puzzles that I've come across and they are getting a little bit repetitive because I've seen them all before, but they're still fun and mm. they exist everywhere. And I don't, I haven't at this point thought oh, I can't really be bothered doing. They're all worth doing. So I think I'm going to spend heaps of times just yeah sort of steering clear from the main storyline in the in the initial thing and just doing all the side quests and just getting lost in the world and just talking to everyone and helping everyone. I'm playing as a good guy. Mm. I know you're probably not, Joel. How's how's that experience going for you? Well, look, I normally in these sorts of games I would play through mm. and and go down the really good good guy path, you know, do everything for everybody and, and please them. Now, I knew that my daughter, Georgia, was going to play the game down that line because she's she's chosen Gryffindor as her house and she's doing everything, you know, to help people. So just for a point of difference, I've opted to go the opposite path. I've gone Slytherin. <laughs> uh, every time I've got a quest where I'm meant to help someone, you know, find something, I go back to them and say, well, you know, I have found it, but I'm not giving it to you. So, you know, get fucked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, watching them crack the shits and, you know, you're sending people off crying and, yeah, all that sort of thing. So I'm trying to stick true to the, the Slytherin sort of character and just be an absolute dog to everyone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I unlock the the unforgivable curses, I'm, you know, I'm obviously planning on using them thoroughly, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the game, which uh, I guess is part of the reason why I wanted to go down the dark wizard path. And and you've got uh, in your skills tree that you can upgrade stuff. One of them is like the dark arts stuff. Mm. So, you know, I'm planning on sinking a lot of talent points into the dark arts category so that uh, when it does come time for me to use all those uh, nasty curses, I'm... I'm Gonna thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly smash people with them. Um, so yeah, what about yourselves, uh, Simon and Casey? Which uh, direction have you opted to go with your character? We're we're obviously being good, but uh, we're Ravenclaw. Yeah, we're Ravenclaw. Come at me or don't. Um, whatever. Suits I'm you Team Puff. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say <laughs> what I'm impressed about. Is that they've um, that they've implemented a system like this into this game? I think it's so clever, and I love it because I one of my favorite game series of all time is Infamous, and I thought Infamous implemented the you know the karma system very very well um, in the way that people would treat you and the way that you could treat others with certain decisions. But this has just taken it to a whole new level. Like you can just be a flat out. Not, not even just evil. You're just a dick. You know, I love that. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that, uh, it's you know, it's a safe space that you can go. Oh, you know what? I did find everything that you wanted, just like you said, Joel, with that that girl in the hallway with her the gobstones. Yeah. she's playing fucking the gobstones. Yeah, the smelly marbles. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that you, uh, I was tempted to be like, nah, fuck yeah, because you, all you're doing is annoying people and you're complaining that everybody hates that you. Sure. Well, no. Well, we said to her that maybe it's not a good idea for her to go and play another match with people because she just keeps on whinging. And it's like, well, just don't piss people off. But anyway, I love the fact that you can be a dick. I I think that's going to be the replayability for us is that after we've maybe played the whole thing through really, really good, that we could maybe go back and play the whole yeah. thing through again and just be a fuckhead to everyone. And I'm so excited <laughs> to cause some emotional damage. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Yes. Uh, what is it? Zenovia uh, uh, Noak or whatever her name is, you know, asks for the gobstones right. back and, and you give her a bit of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Sit down forever. <laughs> Don't get up. I agree 100%. That'd be cool to go back. But also, I just want to be in a different house and do a few th different things like that. Like, I, I got um, sorted into Hufflepuff and I didn't. I just did the quiz and just went with whatever the sorting hat came up with. But, yeah, just the Hufflepuff common rooms, just the level of detail and just that's where you basically start the game. And I just I probably had 10 minutes in there just walking around. So, I'm really interested to go and see the other... Um, dormitories of all the other houses as well at some point. Um, mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, the Slytherin one's pretty pretty impressive as well. Yeah, given that it's <clears throat> underground in the ocean, and there's the other kids are sort of looking out through the windows trying to spot mermaids and stuff like that. And what? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, because it's I'm all now. Yeah, it's all like underground, and they got the big windows, and it oh. looks into the lake. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, oh, man. and then like yeah, some of the. The, the slithering kids that are a bit older are like, oh, yeah, no, nah, the mermaids will be around any minute. And they're off like laughing around the corner because they're, they're sort of teasing the younger ones, like just taking the piss out of them and that. And mm. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite amusing, actually. Mm. I think the other, other point that I wanted to make is I really like the crafting side of this game as well. I was interested to see you've got all these classes you can do, but, you know, what's the point of going to herbology or potions if it doesn't have some kind of play on in the actual world and the herbology stuff being able to you know create your own plants and then having the skills via your potions to then take those plants and put them into potions and later on you unlock the um room of requirement and you get a bit of a setup where you can start growing plants and all this sort of stuff i thought that was really cool as well and they're sort of real time in the fact you can plant something and then you go away for 10 minutes and you come back and you know, harvest it and some stuff like that, which I, th- I just thought that was a really interesting way of doing things. And, um, yeah, it's all very true to the universe. And, I yeah, I can't say enough about the level of detail they've gone to. Yeah, so, the yeah, I agree with you. The potions are quite good and it seems like uh, the crafting options sort of will open up a bit more as you mm. get further through the game. Obviously, once you start wanting to craft the more difficult potions and things like that you're going to need a lot more difficult sort of ingredients to find and and stuff like that or the ingredients become much more expensive to buy so if you want to you know craft the felix felicis liquid luck potion um, that uh, requires some pretty specialized ingredients before you can brew that up Um, uh, i actually think that that potion is only it's like a, an exclusive to pre-orders of the deluxe or something. Is it really? I think so. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a pisser to those who didn't order that version. But oh, well, um, there you go. Ah, oh, yeah, no oh, worries. worries. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Fuck you, man. <laughs> yes, well deserved. Um, oh, you dirty dog. Yeah. Look. Anyway. Hogwarts Legacy, it's it's every bit as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm really taking my time with it. I don't want to rush through it. Um, Ferg, you were saying earlier that you thought the you heard that the story, the main storyline's not super long. Is yeah, that that's what I sort of got at. I saw a couple of articles where a dude, I think he was a Twitch streamer who played and finished the game in like 11 hours, and I saw I think a few other reviews were saying, look, you can spend 100 hours in this world but you might spend 10 to 15 on the main story storyline. So, um, yeah, we'll see what that looks like. But, yeah, I'm just going to make that go as slowly as I can by just getting stuck Mm. into all these collectibles and just getting lost in this this beautiful world, flumming around on my broomstick. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like there's any shortage of side quests uh, cropping up. There seems to be uh, all sorts of uh, quests coming up on mine at the moment and uh, not too far into the game so absolutely yeah i might have to uh take my time with some of those um yeah for and, sure uh, yeah uh, if uh, if it weren't for the uh the spoiler warning up front i'd uh, tell you guys about a, a quest that i heard um uh, heard about that potentially involves uh, azkaban uh, prison mm-hmm. so uh, keep that one Ooh. under your hat so the the thought of potentially traveling there to do a mission's quite uh, tantalizing mm. uh, especially for anyone who's mm. uh, a harry potter fan so maybe i'll uh, get to use my mole rat um, patronus at azkaban <laughs> he's hoping well that, that would be extremely helpful when the uh, dementors come uh, flying uh, in and absolutely. Uh, ferg whips out his uh, mole rat um, got my mole rat yeah, that'll be uh... nice. Calm. Hey, yeah. in, in short, I think this game is going to be in my game of the year um, list come the end of end of the year. I reckon the the few things that I don't like about this game are just so overshadowed by all of the good things. Um, mm. If anyone remotely is into gaming that is into the Harry Potter universe at all, this is a must play. Um, you're just going to get a kick out of just. Hanging out in Hogwarts, 
on a hot, just running around doing nothing but just looking at everything. Um, yeah, I just I applaud these guys so much for the level of detail and the effort they're put into just how authentic this world is. Like I saw a lot of comparison videos as well, saying you know here's a scene from the movie in the Great Hall or something, and then they showed the game, and it's just they've just gone to the level of detail is unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. They have nailed it for sure, for sure. All right, well, thanks, guys. That's that, that's all we're going to go into on Hogwarts Legacy for this week. Um, we may touch back on it in future weeks, but uh, obviously we want to give our listeners the opportunity to uh, get into it themselves, uh, especially if um, they've only had it since the 10th, and, and um, that's only sort of two days ago uh, today. So, um, yeah, have fun with it, and, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to... Share anything with us. Uh, drop us a line on the socials. Post us something. You know, what are your experiences? I'd love to love to hear from you guys. Um, all right. So now I'm going to throw over to you, Ferg, for some news on Diablo Four. Yes. Ooh, Diablo Four. So, um, PC gamer, I'm going to refer to an article by Tyler Corp. Diablo 4's open beta may be real soon. The game producers say an announcement is on its way. Um, so, when Blizzard set Diablo 4's release date to June 6th, it was also announced that we would get an open beta. Right now, you can't sign up for it anywhere, but if you pre-order the game, you're promised early access. And according to the game's producer, it might be coming very soon. So, last week, Diablo 4 producer Rod Ferguson wrote on Twitter that the start date for the open beta will be announced soon. And in inverted commas, very sarcastically, I'm assuming he said, if only we were presenting at some sort of gaming moment, if only we were presenting at some sort of gaming moment this month where one might announce such a thing, he said, which could potentially be in reference to IGN's Fan Fest uh, 2023, which is going to happen later this month. Um, on that list, Diablo 4 has is, is been marked as one of the games that will feature. Um, so that's going to stream, I think it's this February the 17th and 18th. So neither the Blizzard or the Diablo social media accounts have said to expect any announcements this month, but Ferguson's comments and Diablo 4's impending release date, uh, this seems like it might be the right time to drop a date, whether it's at IGN's event or another one. Um, So article goes on, compared to Diablo 3, Diablo 4 plans to look a lot like a live service game. It'll require you to play online and will bring in other players to aid you in its open world events. It won't be free to play, but will include a battle pass tied to its end game seasonal content. Yeah, for fucks. Which will start after the game's launch. All of this will probably take considerable playtesting to get right. Um, this isn't... I mean, Blizzard's been doing this with these games all of their games for years, you know, Overwatch 2, World of Warcraft. They always let their players have a crack before it releases. So, yeah, it's sounding like anyone who's hanging out for a bit of uh, Diablo 4 open beta and they've pre-ordered the game, you might not be too far away before you get to have a crack at it. So the release date of that one is the June the 6th, 2023 for Diablo 4. And it's going to be out on PC, uh, obviously PS5, Xbox Series X. And interestingly, it's coming to the last-gen consoles as well. So... Um, yeah, I know you, JB, were a bit of a Diablo man of old, and so was I. I spent a f- shit ton of hours playing Diablo 2 back in the day. Played a little bit of Diablo 3, not heaps. Any interest in uh, Diablo 4 when it's coming out halfway through this year? Uh, look, uh, I went as far as Diablo 2, and uh, you know that was, that was a really good game. It was pretty solid. You um, mm-hmm. had a lot of choices as far as... Uh, which class of character you wanted to be, and they all had this, uh, their own sort of abilities and things. Um, there was a lot of like really varied loot that you could get in the game. I know that mm. um, that's been that's been a big part of the Diablo franchise for a long time. Is you know specifically hunting for all the different loot that you can get and, and all of that. Um, I never played Diablo three. I, I have downloaded Diablo Immortal and I'm trying, I'm giving that a, a little run on the old uh, mobile. On the phone, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's that's a pretty solid mobile game. It's not, you know, I've, I've only played it a couple of times. It hasn't really hooked me in or anything. I'm, I'm probably a little bit over that uh, that sort of... Um, Hack and that's, slash. Yeah, <laughs> style of game, I suppose. Uh, what about you guys, uh, Steely? 
Oh, well, um, I'll tell you what I'd rather do than play Diablo <laughs> 4. Um, try and fit my fist through the eye of my urethra and then pull out my ball sack and my balls <laughs> from the inside. Emotional damage! Look, I played Diablo 3. Yeah, was it good? Yeah, it was all right for about, I don't know, two or three hours until it was exactly the same as the first hour I was playing it. And then I thought to myself, do I want to do this ever again? No. So the thought of Diablo 4 is basically like the thought of me putting my head into a vice and then um, somebody saying, well, did you say you weren't going to do it? And I said, yeah. And then if I was to do it, do I look like a dickhead and they're going to squeeze my head? Yes. Um, so de definitely, definitely not um, on the cards. Uh, if you want to play a good game, um, play something like, hell divers you play it with friends it's great it's a very old game now though so i don't know how many of your friends are playing it anymore but that was fun and uh for about 15 minutes as well and then i got bored of that too so if you want to play a good game fucking do anything else activision blizzard stuff it up yeah <laughs> well all right but if See. you close Wow, even Activision Blizzard are getting a serve yeah, uh, no from, safe. from the Steelmaster tonight, yeah. hey? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be, we'll, be uh, we'll, we'll wait. Diablo 3, yeah, like I said, I didn't play a lot of. One thing I remember of Diablo 3, I actually played it on console. So I played it on the Xbox One, and I was surprised at how well the port on the consoles was. So, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see. That one's still a little ways away. But um, if you've pre ordered the game, you're listening and you've done that then the beta might not be too far off so hang tight for that yeah so uh enjoy uh that uh bloody diablo fucking hell <laughs> it's been a while since uh played one of those uh on the old console that's for sure oh did you play diablo 2 and go oh yeah this is about exactly the same as diablo 1 so i don't think i have to do this ever again <laughs> just like me with diablo 3 yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, fuck. I'm so, um, that's very rough on my behalf, but true. I had to pop out, quickly go to the toilet, and I just heard not nice things. I think Steely I, just... I was leaving the room. He's just put a pre-order down for Diablo 4. I think I got out of yeah, the last sure. five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I heard the word miss in urethra, and I was off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. to the it's probably a good time when when Steely starts talking about fist, yeah. fisting his own urethra. urethra. It's uh, usually time for a uh, it's an image for, for everyone. For a quick break. Um, well, on that note, uh, Steely, <laughs> would you like to uh, share with I'll us the news sick, that you wanted you. to cover on the <laughs> Nintendo Direct, mate? Oh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Fucking hell. Well, it happened, everybody. <laughs> it happened, everybody. Uh, N Nintendo had a direct this week, and boy, Man, did it deliver. It was cool. oh, so if you've been living, living under a fucking toadstool for the last week, here is a rundown of all the noteworthy announcements from the February direct. So here we go. Strap yourselves in. Get a big hot glass of cocoa or cup or something. Double walled glass, maybe. Shut it, JB, with you <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Anyway, straight out of the gate, straight out of the gate, Hitman 4, everyone, got a nice trailer with some demonstrated gameplay in there showing us the new perspective down on the ground with uh, your explorers and the Pikmin um, on the ground floor and a new doggy character that can swim and stuff and some new climbing mechanics and also by the looks of it for the first time in a Pikmin game you can venture out at night and it looks and smells yeah Looks and smells amazing, you guys. So a big lick and a yum for Pikmin 4. Um, then, then it doesn't slow down here, everyone. Metroid oh, okay. Prime Remastered. Shadow dropped onto the eShop that day. That same day, 
and uh, the Metroid Prime that anyone who's played it knows and loves with a wonderful visual facelift and some more modernized gameplay. So it also has classic options too. So to try and make the gameplay feel a little bit more similar to how it did on the GameCube. Um, But the physical version is landing later this month. So look it before you slip it or uh, Samus will shoot your fucking dick off. So there we go. Um, (laughs) Metroid Prime. Uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance hit the Nintendo Switch Online service with Game Boy Advance being tied to the expansion pass tier. Um, some of the titles available that day as well were Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, which Casey and I already played through, Wario Land 3, Mario Advance 2, Mario Kart Super Circuit, and The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. Now, what a fucking lineup. Now, this is uh, making that extra tier looking just a little extra enticing. I'm really starting to think about it. Maybe if GameCube comes to that that uh, tier, I'll finally shelve out the money to play some GameCube games too. But mm. I only wish they dropped about, um, about 20 more titles because mm. uh, at the end of the day, Game Boy games don't take long to finish. So you'll be hard pressed not to smash them all out faster than you than you can smash a solo. Is what I'm about to say there. So uh, you'd be glug glug glug, and it's all gone. If yep. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Game Boy um, games famously low on fizz, so you can slam them down <laughs> fast. Hundred uh. percent. Um, but next up, next up, fuck wow, your belly's full yet? Here it comes. Oh, fantasy life. I the girl who stole time. Oh. This just made my day, my month, my week, and even my year. Um, Fantasy Life. Fantasy Life was an unsung hero of the 3DS, and I just can't believe after we dropped news uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. Mile 5, coming back to the... I've lost track of time. Last week. Okay, cool. I'll believe you. Um, Coming back to the Western audiences that I mentioned that I wanted this game to return, and here it is. Um, it looks incredible, taking a step further in the simulation direction with, um, you know, some home decorating, some terraforming, and fucking time travel, everyone. Yeah. Get up me. Um, I must be dead because this must be heaven. And I was saying to Simon, I reckon you guys would really, really, really like this game. You'll mm. fucking Fer- love it. Ferg in particular, I think, if you like mm. simulation games, it's this is this is the game. For what it lacks in visual prowess, prow- prowess it, it makes it up for matter, like... every other way. Yeah, um, I went and for... um, I watched the trailer for that one. I'm getting some, oh, I don't know, I got Stardew Valley slash Animal Crossing yeah. type vibes. Am I on the right path with Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because there's so much more that you can do. You can pick so, from any any job that you want to do. You want to mm. be a cook? Don't do that. Be something else. Be a woodcutter. <laughs> be and a then fisherman. it changes the entire, entire story, doesn't it? Like your yeah. entire career path is... is and, it, and your quests are based off that as well. Your quests are based off of it. So it's like playing a brand new oh, game every time. So and it just looks so like the good. story is so much better than the original which was very lackluster, but still mm. amazing game. Yeah, so, for sure. Well, it yeah, sounds like it's going to be in my wheelhouse, so I'll keep that one yes. on the uh, on the watch list. I mean, I'm I'm not Good yet man. convinced that Fantasy Life isn't one of these anime <laughs> porno games, you know, with a bit of uh, <laughs> you know. I, oh man, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, oh. I love it. Maybe when to, it gets localized, they'll put the clothes back on. They <laughs> seem to appear in the PlayStation Store with alarming regularity. You know, you know, girlfriend, senpai, simulator, hentai <laughs> six. You know, and all this sort of thing. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Car wash, solitaire five, no clothes, <laughs> unlimited. <laughs> uh, oh, you've 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 played that one, have you, uh, Simo? Uh, very good. One of my favorites. I love being car wash. One of my favorites. So close. I love it. Um, anyway, it's usually oh a, my god, an anime girl with with uh, unusually large breasts in in some sort of small <laughs> mini skirt type outfit, you know, posing on the the front. Mm. Yeah, anyway, 100%. Anyway. Oh, you'll be very disappointed when you when you play fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when you become a woodcutter <laughs> instead, Jebby. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then. Oh my god. Um so straight after that, straight after that, a steampunk as fuck teaser trailer for a new Professor Layton game, shit the bed. They said he was dead. 
But he's back at it again with the pearl white vans, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Professor Layton, here he comes. Fuck. Now, an honor, honor, <laughs> who is this guy? Who's Professor Layton? <laughs> Professor Layton. Oh, he's not Layton Hewitt, JB. He's Professor Layton. Yeah. He's, um, Layton. It's, a pu- it's like a puzzle. It's a puzzle it's game. It's a puzzle game, it? but it looks like it's going to be the froth. Um, so, anyways, okay. uh, an honorable mention goes to uh, Mario Kart 8 DLC. Birdo joining as a new character for the first time since Mario Kart Double Dash. That looks nice. And Fuck a me, new Birdo. track reveal. Wow, what a huge reveal. Who else spits Birds out the eggs from their nose? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, but for the first time... Uh, no, I've already said that. Um, a new track reveal as well with Yoshi's Island. Now, that looked amazing, by the way. There were elements from Yoshi's Island, the game, like the question clouds, where if you hit them with an egg in Yoshi's Island, they make secrets appear. And in the game, if you fly through them with your glider or you drive through them it makes parts of road appear so that just blew me away like oh. absolutely ass blew me away into the ass. absolutely <laughs> um and anyways and and who could forget the star of the whole show tears of the kingdom link's got gangrene he's on his fucking arm he's got loads of new powers and, and there were vehicular looking things for the sky and the land and now these these just throwing my two cents out there these vehicles look like that perhaps you build them yeah and they're pulling a wheel out of the ocean like out of the river yeah. sorry that looks like mm, yum um could be a really exciting mechanic if that's what they they actually end up doing for the game um but it looks like we're getting some more traditional looking dungeons as well with puzzles within them that are a little bit more reminiscent of the puzzles in in the shrines so i think that the puzzles in the shrines obviously utilized a lot of game mechanics really well but to see how that maybe is you know worked into a more of a dungeon um aspect i think we'll just it's going to be the step in the right direction that the series needs and just fucking just 10 out of 10 for excitement for that game mm-hmm. um now now i've given you all the good stuff i can't summarize this show without talking about the, the grossest part of it so right. um what? here it comes everyone strap yourselves in for a second time around if you've already got your seatbelt on get your baby seat belt on as well just all of the seatbelts. now we've got our first look at the yeah, we got our first look at the Splatoon 3 DLC, and at first I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then I realized they want you to pay for it, and um, I was like, "That is dirty, dirty, dirty yuck! I hate it." Um, so the first wave of DLC for Splatoon 3 is basically a reskin of the city, which is your hub world uh, world before you go into matches and stuff. So you can go back to the original city from Splatoon 1 that was on the Wii U. Um, then wave oh, two. Hang on, hang on. Did in- you say the Wii U? <laughs> so you're paying you're paying just to go back to a, a city that you can't do anything yeah. in yeah cool. and then wave two is a new story dlc which was basically a very vague series of images with the name of the dlc that comes up on the screen some fucking squid girl just standing there uh, anyway now if this city had something unique about it like um other than its appearance you know maybe different items you could get in the city or there was different mini games or something like that. I'd be all there. But this is a reskin, all the same items, all the same activities. And I'm not having a bar of that. Nintendo, I fucking, I love you. But for this <laughs> one decision to ask for money from your player base for something so fucking mundane and ridiculous, I'm appalled. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I won't be buying this. Um, fucking Doug Bowser, you can you can come and lick my heart of my Gucci. Fuck, this is not <laughs> emotional damage. Ooh, take that. Oh uh. my god! But everything else is great, guys. Nintendo Direct, fucking wow! What a mm. did anybody watch it? Does anybody care apart from me and Casey? Um, I watched the trailer for the game that you said I'd be interested in, which I've already forgotten the name of. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> and I obviously watched, um, yeah, that one. And I've also watched the Zelda trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, yeah. 
Well, on that note, that's about all the time we've got for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank the DG crew, starting with Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Keeping her up. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. And uh, also thank nice. you to Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. I've been here tonight, which is good. And I've said <laughs> things and you've said stuff too. <laughs> yes, we have. And last but not least, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Fergus. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And if you want to get in touch with us, uh, give us uh, give us a shout on the uh, socials. Uh, send us uh, send us your pics of uh, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not wow. those not those pics, please. <laughs> and uh, we'll see the you. Whole legacy or just the tip? <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Make it a real, real Hogwarts legacy then. Fuck it. See ya.